Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good. Uh, definitely a long first day back to work of the week, and I'm sure it'll be a, a very fun week of doing not a lot. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's You're in a slow season. I'm in a busy season, and it's weird because, uh, you know, I'm not always busy at work. Working in recreation is cool. I, I would advocate for that. If you guys are looking for new careers, come work in recreation. It's fun. Uh, or talk about football, and that's what we are here to do tonight. We have been off for a couple of weeks. We are probably missing some news items when we get to it just because uh, a lot has happened, but it's maybe not as current. But we are here to talk through dynasty quarterback rankings. So we put together a consensus with four of our analysts, including the two of us, and we're going to kind of talk through our consensus rankings and how they stack up against uh, the expert consensus rankings for fantasy pros uh, and kind of talk through why maybe we're higher or lower on some of the guys, why we have guys ranked the way they are, things like that. Um, but a lot has happened, like I said, so let's just jump right into some NFL news. The main storyline right now is the NFL owners uh, – so right now they're counting votes to determine if Dan Snyder is going to be forced out, whether he's going to have to sell the team. I don't even know if he'll be in charge of the sale or, or what will exactly happen. Randy, uh, talk to me about that. How Do you know any details on this other than the NFL owners are counting votes? So I, I know this is like a bylaw into being uh, like signing on to be an owner is if they deem that you are doing stuff detrimental to the league, uh, just like they do with players. It's all about, you know, representing the shield. So if they think you are being a detriment to the league, which I think many would agree Dan Snyder has been over the last years. I don't even know how many long years, but it's yeah. become more apparent yet again of late. Uh, and he's been in, in refusal to sell, even though it seems like multiple times they could have sold and uh, he could have just been out of the spotlight for a long time. So um, basically, they're just making sure it's basically Goodell and the owners reaching out to say, "Hey, is everyone okay with us just getting rid of this guy?" <laughs> like, and uh, he's got pretty much no say in the matter. If they do say he's forced to sell, I do believe he still has some say in what the price would be. Uh, but I also think the NFL has some uh, negotiating power in that as well. It's it's all in like the owners' bylaws, which we're not necessarily privy to. I've pretty much just seen people talk about this, not really break it down. Um, so that's pretty much the best I could break it down without trying to dive much deeper. Yeah, I, I think what it is is it's it's been an inevitability. Shout out Thanos. Shout out our Marvel talk segment that we won't get to tonight. But uh, it's been an inevitable that he is not going to be the owner of that that 
football team or the commanders, I guess is what they're called. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they need to move on. I think that we've known about the, uh, the history and, and whatnot of, of Dan Snyder and his, his, he's a bad guy. He's just a bad guy and they need to kind of not have bad guys owning NFL teams. We, we have enough of them already. Um, And so, I, I mean, I think back we're Browns fans to when Jimmy Haslam first bought the the Browns and all the stuff with Flying J popped up. Most NFL owners are bad, but Dan Snyder is extra bad. So I think it'll be a nice little regime change there. I think that workplace is as toxic as it can possibly get. And so I think they want to move away from that as well. Yeah, they need to pretty much rebuild that whole uh, management staff. Um, Not necessarily the front organization people, but it just depends. Um, and yeah, this, even with them forcing him, I don't foresee this really impacting much of the season. Um, because just the process alone after a deal is made with signing paperwork with that much money, it's going to take months. So this is something expecting, uh, you know, next year to have new owners for the Washington commanders. Yeah. Which will be good. Uh, all right. Next thing on the docket is OTAs. OTAs are starting. It's it's an exciting time. There have been some good reports. Uh, I I have to mention that Justin Fields is drawing rave reviews from his uh, his coaches with the Chicago Bears. Everyone's panicking about Justin Fields. We'll talk about him a little bit later. And then kind of the opposite is happening with Trey Lance, and everyone's saying how crucial these OTAs are for the sophomore quarterback. And I find that to be a weird trade strategy because that's all it is. Uh, I, I don't buy into Trey Lance the struggles, but the main news coming out from OTAs is that you, we have a couple of big stars sitting out of OTAs, Baker Mayfield. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Kyler Murray and Debo Samuel. I said stars. Baker's probably not that. Uh, Kyler Murray is sitting out of OTAs, and there was a report that came out today that the contract has been kind of put on the back burner. Everything has gone quiet on that front. And so I don't know how long this holdout is going to last for Kyler. What do you think? Uh, we will see. Um, if you remember, I believe it was last month, they actually picked up his fifth-year option as well, which locks him in for two more years, including yeah. this year, um, to where it, he was basically on the last year of his deal looking to re- – well, maybe even more. I can't even remember. I honestly, top of my head. Um, basically, the Cardinals have his rights locked up for the next – at least a couple of years and Kyler wants, you know, to be paid his value, which is pretty fair. Uh, he's gone about it a little bit the wrong way, at least in most people's eyes. Um, but, you know, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. Uh, maybe there was just months and months of hitting a brick wall and too much frustration. And this was Kyler's, you know, next step into trying to get his deal. So I always kind of take a little bit of a backseat approach when stuff like this happens, because we really don't know what happened behind the scenes. Um, and it's the same thing with Debo Samuel, who's, you know, been very vocal about trying to change his role, not thinking that this system will change his role back to what it's supposed to be. And that, you know, not getting along with the coach necessarily and multiple reasons wanting to leave. So it's a little bit different between Kyler and Debo because Debo wants out. Kyler just wants money. Um, but in college defense, you know, everyone else is getting paid. Uh, Hopkins already has his money and he's been injured and suspended. So he, Kyler's kind of doing everything on his own. If we're being real, 
and he deserves to get paid like that because he's i mean that's that's where i might push back though because i i think what we've seen from kyler is a lot of top tier play a lot of really really good quarterback play but there's also the times where he goes four games of just kind of mediocre play and I tend to blame that offense. I think that offense sucks. I think Cliff Kingsbury should not have gotten a contract extension because I don't think he's a good offensive coach, and that's literally all he does, um, although their defense has been the better of the two units. Um, At times. I, right. I, will, I would argue, though, that that could contribute to it. I wonder – I know, obviously, going and trading for Hollywood Brown, that's a move to try to help Kyler – uh, and and kind of help ease his mind and know that they are trying to build around him. He wants yep. to be there. I get where he's wanting the money, but like Lamar also deserves much more money, and he hasn't gotten his deal yet. And so I'm I think yeah, but Lamar isn't really negotiating this deal though. So th- there's right. a difference, and um, well, Lamar's just a little bit more pressing, but it, you know. For Lamar, this team was reshaping this offseason uh, to, to full kind of restructure for the future. So him waiting and figuring it out and seeing this last draft class and uh, was a big step. And then they traded away, you know, his favorite target, well, in the receiving core. And, mm-hmm. you know, that takes a big blow. So I think he's just taking the wait-and-see approach because he doesn't really care, whereas Kyler, you know, he switched sports and turned down a lot of quick guaranteed money. Now, he did get a lot of quick guaranteed money from the NFL as well. But, I mean, let's be honest, that offensive line isn't good. And games for Hopkins wasn't there. His weapons weren't very good. So, Kyler has been running for his life for the last few years. And the defense, while it has been carried by top-heavy stars, clearly in Chandler Jones and Buda Baker, uh, but – their drafting of the last few years has been terrible as well. And their usage of Isaiah Simmons has been terrible as well. So I can understand college frustrations and wanting to secure his money uh, and kind of maybe secure his standing in the room. to where he can have a bigger voice in the construction of this team for the future. Yeah. And I can make an argument that the Cardinals didn't draft well this year either, but they did draft with Kyler in mind. They went offense yeah. a little earlier than than I well. They traded their first round pick for Hollywood Brown. Good use of that pick, I think. Except I could also argue that it's a bit of an uh, overpay, but it's an overpay, but then you also have to pay Hollywood Brown. He is going Which to Which is be, why it's the overpay. Yeah. Like right. it without the contract, it's it's much closer of a deal for sure. Because they did get, I believe, a third round pick back as well with Hollywood. So it, you know. It was yeah. decent, but yeah, um, when you have to pay Hollywood, but it's not like Hollywood is going to get this uh, Christian Kirk type money either. He hasn't really been able to do anything, and that's why he wanted out so he could earn a contract. So we'll see what happens. I have faith in Hollywood, and I have faith in Kyler and him working well together again. You know, as they yeah. did play together uh, in college. So yeah, and Hollywood had a great 2021, and I think he'll build on that, especially those first six games where Hopkins has been suspended, which we haven't even talked about that. So that happened as well. Obviously not as pertinent, but 
he is appealing the suspension, I believe. So we don't know if my he... fucking dynasty teams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would start to move off of him if I were you, man. Uh, I actually just traded for him in one, but it's a very small league, so it's okay. I just need the star power in the in the room. Um, That's fair. That's fair. Uh, he's um, he's still an elite talent, and he's still performing that way. He just hasn't been on the field as much. But when he's on the field, he's doing it. I would much rather have him over. Odell or Michael Thomas or Al Robinson or Robert Woods, even it's closer, but still. Yeah, Yeah. I don't disagree there. Uh, Last piece of news that we'll get to before we get to the NFL schedule, which released last week, and we have not had a chance to talk about that either. So we'll kind of go through, talk some some matchups that we like and and kind of things that we're looking forward to. But the Browns re-signed Jadavion Clowney to a one-year $11 million deal. He turned down a multi-year contract worth 14 or 15 million dollars and that there is a rumor floating in brown's twitter that it was from the panthers and Clowney just absolutely does not want to play with baker mayfield um and so he didn't want to go to one of the teams that baker mayfield could end up on i think that's a lot of crap i think brown's twitter yeah, is just full of bullshit. shit at this point um, in reality this is what actual good veterans do is they take less money to play for an actual playoff contending team instead of a dog water team and the Panthers. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. And that's even if the Panthers were really uh, uh, an actual destination. They don't necessarily even need edge rushers. So, uh, you know, they, no, they don't. it could all just be bullshit smoke. So, yeah. yeah. And then lastly, I did say that was the last piece of news, but I forgot I added that uh, the Browns are willing to eat some of Baker Mayfield's uh, salary in order to Most. make it. Yeah, mo- I would say if I had to put a number on it, he's making $18 million. I'll bet they'll be willing to eat like 12 Um something around that. Yeah, I, I would go like 60 to 75% is what they're, they're thinking right now. Um, and, you know, there's multiple teams, Panthers included, Seahawks, uh, even Texans, there's there's other teams as well that it is a one-year deal for Baker, uh, but at this point you're getting him at a good value, and it's it's upside, uh, especially for a team like Seattle. Why not? You could still give the whole reins to Drew Locke and just have it be a competition. You're already doing that with Geno Smith, but doing this, you, can, you have the ability to now trade Geno for a decent pick next year, and you basically just recoup your whole – you keep recouping assets for the next year uh, as you might need to trade up because we'll see what the quarterback situation is there. But, and then Carolina, you just need so many shots of the dartboard for those guys to keep their fucking job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's to put Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield in a quarterback competition would surely be something um, that, that would, well, I, I would say one's, one's done something. Yeah, Baker <laughs> you know, Mayfield is a far superior quarterback to Sam Darnold. And I we loved Sam Darnold. I didn't think that as when they were prospects. That's for sure. Sam Darnold was QB one or two. I think one for me. But all right, let's talk through some of the NFL schedule. Uh, Quickly, what's up? I will say we are not predicting the schedule right now. That will be a later date oh. episode, definitely uh, later of like July or August. Um, just when... We get a little bit more of a full breakdown of how this is going to shake out. Um, but, yeah, just, just so you know, we're not necessarily going to be picking anyone. We may, but it, it's not official. <laughs> okay. 
And and that process looks a little different for us this year. We'll talk about projections and stuff in the future and, and what the future of that looks like for us. Um, but let's just jump right into it. So week one, the Bills open up at the Rams on uh, Thursday night. So what could have been a fin- fantastic Super Bowl matchup now we get uh, as the opener this year. I think that's going to be a good game. But that the week one matchup that I am stoked for is the Monday night football game. Denver going to Seattle, Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. They made it week one. That is going to be nuts. Seattle obviously should honor him and not, um, you know, but he also kind of forced his way out over the course of the last two and a half years, which fair enough. I also think I would have considered that, but is that kind of the matchup you're looking at? I know Bucks and Cowboys no. play again. <laughs> okay. uh, th- it's, it's on the list uh, mainly because of that factor. You know, it's the, it's the return of Russ. We'll see how it all plays out with the 12th man. Uh, when this trade happened, I kind of went over uh, listening to different uh, Seahawks, uh, you know, like podcasts and different uh, fans on Twitter. For the most part, they seemingly, you know, understand and agree with what ty- uh, what uh, Russell had to do to just kind of get out of this little bit of a sinking ship and a rebuilding ship and at his age going to an actual contender makes more sense. Kind of like the Lions just did, you know, it's a little bit more of a respect move on the Lions part. Um, that I think it was necessarily on Seattle's part, but maybe we'll get that respect part on Monday Night Football. I hope we do, uh, because Denver is probably going to win by 60. That's why it's not my favorite matchup. Um, If it's not Bills and Rams, because that's obviously going to be an absolute fucking slugfest, let's be real, um, I would go with, you know, maybe there's a little bit of a bias here, but Raiders versus Chargers um, games last year were an absolute fucking shootout. I think that'll happen again. Uh, There's a lot of rivalry games week one, which is – incredible Packers, Vikings, Pats, Dolphins, Steelers, Bengals. I mean, we got divisional matchups week one, and then we have possible Super Bowl matchups from last year or this year in uh, a homecoming to boot. Uh, it's it's going to be fun. Yeah. If Kenny Pickett wins the job, the Bengals are going to eat him alive in week one. Yep. Yeah. A little bit of old guard versus the new dogs, and, uh, you know, the Bengals should roll there pretty easily. Um their secondary has improved, but not like this exuberant amount, especially early on. So if Pickett or Trubisky can actually just maintain and make some good throws, it should be a very, very good game. Yeah. All right. We're not going to go week to week because that would take far too long, but I do want to mention the matchup. Week two Thursday night football is Chargers versus Chiefs. Those two matchups are going to be two of the best games in all of yeah. the, the entire season. I mean, the, all of the AFC West matchups are going exactly. to be that. That's, um, that's what I was literally about to say. I was like, pretty much, if the AFC West is playing, that's what we're yeah. watching. Yeah. And because and what's really going to happen is they're going to eat each other alive. Um, we've I, Every I th- division kind of does that, though. They do. I think it's going to be a little bit more so there. I, what are the odds that they all go two and two three and three against their division mates um you, uh, better how, than 50%, how like okay. which is hilarious uh that that's 50 percent um just because in all four are good teams now and like all really four good teams le- legitimate playoff teams um i would only give the super bowl contending team to the chiefs only because they've been there um but these three are right out of the tail. I, it's going to be hard pressed for teams like the Browns and the Bengals and Ravens 
and, you know, uh, uh, Patriots and Dolphins going up against the Bills, you know, all these teams that are going to be fighting for those last three playoff spots when we might get two or three of this one division in. Uh, yeah. and I don't want to be shocked if we didn't. Yeah, realistically, I think the AFC East and South are going to get shut out, I think. I mean, South, it's going to be it's Titans or Colts, and then we don't care. And then, yeah. you know, East yeah. East is still a fight, though. I mean, Jets are up and coming, but they're going to, you know, they're not going to get it done this year for sure. But with the, the moves that have been made, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be a fun season. I, I know you're a Patriots fan. I what? think they're kind of. I think there's a really good chance that the Patriots finish last in their division this year. I really do. I do not. But I know. But that's that's got to be just putting faith in Bill to win games, which he does, and we know that he, he won with Cam Newton. And what exactly? He's one of the last two years, if not just faith in Bill. I mean, yeah. they almost made the playoffs with the dog shit offense with Cam. Then they did make a playoffs with Mac. You know, in an aging, yeah. aging defense. Now, is it completely revamped? No, but we'll see. I mean, I don't expect them to be eleven-one football team, but no, still, no, definitely not. Uh, and then the the last one I really wanted to highlight, and maybe if you want to highlight one more, we can do that. But Week Six, the Bills versus the Chiefs, the matchup of the overtime game uh, that. Yeah was stolen from the bills and that rule sucks. And did they fix that? I feel like they officially fixed that for this year. Didn't they? Yeah. Just for the playoffs though. Just for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that, that matchup is going to be stupid and we'll talk about our dynasty quarterbacks in a second, why we think that, that matchup is going to be absolutely stupid. Um, but I am, I'm, I probably need a countdown app for, for week six. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, that one for sure. I think week four, uh, Chiefs versus Bucks, that's never – as long as Tom's there, There's that's always going to be a great game. Week five, Chargers versus Browns, when that just happened, that was one of the most electric games of the season. I think that could go really well. Um, Packers-Bills is kind of a Super Bowl matchup possibility. I think in week eight, that's an amazing game. Uh, I'm just scrolling through quickly. Um mm-hmm. I mean, because there's some games that I would like to see, but that doesn't mean everyone would want to see it. Uh, Chiefs versus Bengals. Chiefs versus Uh, Bengals in week 13. uh, Rematch there as well. Uh, Basically, we're just going against rematches here. Uh, We've already talked about AFC West teams. Anytime they play each other, that's going to be huge. You had one for week 15. Yeah, I was going to say Rams-Packers. I mean, I think the Packers are going to – they're inevitably winning – at least 12 games. I mean, that's just, that's what's the average. In a more conservative approach of it, I would say at least 10 because I do have some faith in Justin Fields and uh, the Vikings team in general. Uh, you know, in honestly, the Lions a sneak one. So, like, I, I do think they're, it's less of a cupcake division than it was last year. So, that's, that's why I press back on it. But I would happily meet in the middle of eleven. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, and ultimately, there are questions around the Packers. They yeah. they invested in wide receiver, but they also lost the best wide receiver in football. So uh, they're not going to replace that with Christian Watson. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that'll be a good game. You know, uh, speaking of the best wide receiver in football, 
Uh, week 14, Raiders versus Rams on Thursday night football. Seeing Devontae Adams uh, versus Jalen Ramsey, what we are robbed of the next week because of the trade. We get it a week early and on Thursday night. It should be really good. Um, I was also going to highlight Thanksgiving, Bills, Lions, Giants versus Cowboys, Pats versus Vikings. Um, I would probably say Pats versus Vikings would be the best game there, but you never know with the Lions on Thanksgiving. Um, Christmas week, um, it's not the greatest games, I would say, but there are some like bigger rivalry ones, uh, Eagles-Cowboys. Raiders versus Steelers is a, a throwback rivalry, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, that week is going to be Broncos versus Rams, um, which is actually on Christmas. <laughs> so that's going to be electric, you know. Uh, but we're going to be kind of spoiled on the holidays, it seems like. Even even Thanksgiving, I think those are better games than we've gotten a lot of the years. And maybe that's just improvement on teams or belief in improvement on teams like the Lions. Um yeah. Yeah, I, I was also going to mention, so all the games uh, Christmas week are going to be on Christmas because Christmas is on a Sunday this year. So we get a full slate yes. of games for, yes. for Christmas so Day this year. Christmas Eve is Saints versus Browns, Bills versus Bears, and uh, Bengals versus Patriots, Eagles versus Cowboys, and Raiders versus Steelers. And then Christmas is Packers versus Dolphins, Broncos versus Rams, Buccaneers versus Cardinals, and Chargers versus Colts is actually on Monday Night Football. So that is in absolutely insane holiday weekend and that's going to be one of the more favorite ones for me to be watching i'm hoping uh to be back home for that uh we'll see with all that you know vacation Mm -hmm. days or whatever it is um (laughs) but you'll get get christmas off it's on a sunday so i do work for a school system so (laughs) that's true yeah um okay sounds good uh and then it's, it's a good reminder. So the flex games, I believe, start in week 15 now. They used to be 14. Yes. Now they're 15. Uh, then week 18, all games are still t- to be determined. So uh, you might yeah. see some flex things in and out and things like that. So. And they're, for majority, I think they're pretty much all just um, divisional matchups. So yes. any, any big ones you could think of, yeah. Uh, even uh, <laughs> Chiefs versus Raiders, Chargers, Broncos might be the, the absolute shootout of the division in the last week. And Browns get Steelers, Ravens gets Bengals. So, you know, kind of the same year. as last year, you know, hopeful, pray. Kind of, well, no, it's different. Yeah, we had Bengals oh. last year, right? Yeah. yeah. See, so this – I don't like this setup where they put a divisional game in Week 18 because they're robbing us of a really good divisional game if a team has already clinched playoff berth. And – like last year, the Bengals sat Joe Burrow and then Baker Mayfield sat, and it was a crappy football game. So what they've done by adding that extra game and then tossing all the divisional games in there because it's probably easier for them to make the schedule is ruin our last week of football before the playoffs. But Not really, though. I mean, Burrow sat, but if you remember correctly from last year, most players ended up playing because there was a lot of seeding games because we were very, very close between a lot of teams so at least for the first half, we got a lot of everything. Um, there wasn't a lot of like complete dud games, and the only ones we're going to really get from those are going to be like AFC South, um, you know, t- stuff like that, where uh, maybe the Titans are facing the Jaguars, and we just don't give a shit, you know, like, <laughs> uh, and the Colts are facing the Texans, you know, it's stuff like that. Where well, obviously last year that game actually made <laughs> it mattered, but. Um, 
I, I don't think we're going to have a lot of those because most of these divisions have become very, very, very fucking competitive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anything else you wanted to mention on the NFL schedule before we get into our dynasty quarterback rankings? Um, I am not looking forward uh, to predicting the schedule. Um, I have a feeling that there's going to be so many teams with the same record that I'm going to then have to go through tiebreaker scenarios and I uh, want to wanna do stuff. You know, uh, we're not going to say things, <laughs> but yeah. not be a heavy camper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I, I will say last year, my, my bold prediction was that the lions would win. I think six games is what I said. Um, crazy. And I was, a I think I was a year off. I think that's what I would have them at this year. So I, I'm not against it necessarily this year. Um, I believe I had the Bengals with like eight wins last year and I thought yeah. I was crazy. So uh, clearly I wasn't, um, and I, I was still like way five. Off. You know they, you know they still went way past that. So um, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. I, yeah. It's yeah. especially the AFC doing the tiebreakers is going to be painstaking it's, for sure. Yeah. Thankfully, there's websites for that now. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, that'll do it for NFL news, and it is time to get into our dynasty quarterback rankings. So as I said. Before we put together a consensus with Adam and Sean and and guys that have contributed to all of our rankings and uh, our weekly rankings and things like that in the past. So we actually have a pretty decently built out consensus, um, not as heavily swayed as if it was just Randy and I doing it, because then it's just splitting the rankings in half and then going from there. So without further ado, let's get into our QB ones. So one through 12, everything is a, a 12 person league really quickly though, Randy, um, before we, we toss the graphic up when you're playing dynasty, how long are you looking forward? What is your year? Like, is it two years? Is it one year, two years, three years? If it's one year, I question you. Um, um I know I you're you- someone who likes to win though. So I, yes, I do like to win. Um, <laughs> I did win three leagues yeah. last year, and it's not enough. Um, I'm a greedy fucker. Um, <laughs> for yeah. me, I think it varies by position for Dynasty, and I, I don't. I, you know, I, I think I'm good at Dynasty, but I by no means think I'm an absolute like expert at it. We're still in the space necessarily, relatively new, but we were, uh, you know, kind of hopping on right before it became uber popular. So mm-hmm. for like quarterbacks, I think I can work in more of like a five to six year window especially with non like rookie guys like once we're in year two or three we get like more of a understanding so these these top guys we're going to mention they're all young and have these cores already built and you know who's going to be there and yeah maybe there's going to be some major shakeup, but it's not going to put them like 30 down the list or something uh, if they get injured or something major happens off the field, like we can't control that anyway. So, uh, you know, for quarterbacks, I'd say like four to six year windows, running backs, definitely like two to three at most wide receivers. I'd, I'd say about four or five years as well. Um, again, once you're off of uh, that preliminary, you know, first period uh, of when they get into the league, I think you got to go a little bit less on those guys. Tight ends one to two years, you know, like <laughs> I think you have to look at it each year as a different situation, especially with how the wide receivers have been moving about. Uh, so, 
you know, like the guys like Kelsey and Kittle and Pitts, like they're and Andrews, uh, even Hawkins, and to an extent, they're they're all going to be stalwarts. Those guys, you you can kind of lock in, I guess, Waller too. Um, but when you're past those top like six, that's when I think of it's more of a one or two year because is Dawson Knox going to repeat? Is Schultz going to repeat? Even though there was some mix up in the targets, now is is Irv Smith actually going to meet the potential he's supposed to? So we'll, we'll get into all those later in uh, different shows here, but that's, those are kind of the breakdowns I normally do for positions. Um, yeah. But in general, it's kind of my team as well. You know, <laughs> what am I trying to do? Yeah. I've kind of taken a, a, a different approach recently in, in recent startups. So I, I definitely look for quarterbacks. I look at a contract. So fi- a pretty much a four to five year window. If you're looking yep. at a, um, a rookie contract, that's kind of what I'm looking at for quarterbacks always. Um, it's a little more difficult, and that's why it's like difficult to rank some guys that were drafted day two. J- your Jalen Hurts, for example, in Dynasty it, last year, everyone was saying he's a better redraft quarterback than Dynasty. Turns out that might not be the case based on the moves that the Eagles have made, but it still could be. It still could be exactly. because they have capital. We, we, for need, next uh, year. we need another year. Exactly. Uh, to, to finalize for Hertz, and that might not even do it because they may tag him instead of extending them. And so there's a lot of question marks and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's and but I still I don't think he ever got out of his preliminary phase yet. You know, no one really right. fully believes in Hertz yet, even if you actually do believe in him in like in fantasy necessarily. I don't think we're all sold on him in the actual game. Um, and that's what matters. Well, not that he doesn't have talent, not that he doesn't have talent, not that he's not improving because he definitely fucking is. It's just he's not secure yet. And until right. he is, he'll never get to the next level. I mean, we, hell, we, we thought Baker was secure. Yeah. You know, was he at the top level? No, but we thought it was secure at least, <laughs> uh, right. you know. And that's And that's something that, you know, you can't, I guess we could have seen that Baker stuff coming. We didn't think that that was going to be the case based on this 2020, but um, you know, injuries and stuff like that can impact it a lot. Where I've switched my, uh, like my line of thinking though, is I do look longer term for running backs and I have since bumped younger running backs up a little higher in my rankings. I've kind of, you know, I know I, I am not so much an ageist (laughs) where I will. I was going to say like, 26 27 you know i still value that because i'm still trying to win the point of fantasy football is to win your leagues and i think that some people playing dynasty sometimes forget that uh and they want to do two and three year rebuilds but if you can't retool and rebuild your roster in a year i don't think that you have a very good team just plain and simple i think you need to be looking at how can I flip this for next year? Cause I'm wasting money spending on uh league fees every yeah. year. I'm just giving people money and I don't want to be doing that personally. So, Oh no, trust me. I, I'm uh, I'm definitely tired of not winning in CLE. Um, hence yeah. the three first round picks next year. And yeah, yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> and yep, it is. I, I am uh, done with that. Um, so yeah, I, I mean like you kind of, you basically said you're in a long term with running backs but you also moved up the young ones, which is usually what the short-term people do as well. So, I, I think right. you're, I think you're doing both, and which is perfectly fine. I think you, that's exactly what you should do for running backs, and that is why it's like, you know, one to two, two to three years. Um, 
And I think those are separate things, but you, you should use them together. Obviously, I think Fournette is like a one- to two-year guy, and James Conner, same thing. But obviously, Jonathan Taylor, Najee, and all them, you do two to three, and then you reevaluate. Because, I mean, is, is Kamara and Cook as high as they were, is CMC as high as they were two to three years ago? No. Are they still the top running backs? Yeah. Have other people eclipsed them? Yeah. But they're still the top guys. You know, two to three years ago, you could – you wouldn't have sold Barkley, you know, <laughs> now you don't want to sell him because you're maybe only getting a back end first, you know, it's, so that's, that's why the window is shorter for that position because the lifespan's shorter. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk through some of the quarterbacks. So let's toss the graphic up here. So one through 12, number one, Josh Allen, two, Patrick Mahomes, QB three, Justin Herbert, QB four, Lamar Jackson, five, Joe Burrow, six, Kyler Murray, seven, Deshaun Watson, Eight, Dak Prescott, nine, Aaron Rodgers, ten, Russell Wilson, eleven, Matthew Stafford, and twelve, Jalen Hurts. With respect to ECR and other consensus rankings, our first eight are directly in line with consensus. So we don't have too many differing opinions here as a group, but I did want to mention in this group because of that, I actually have Justin Herbert as my QB2. Um, and so I feel as though I should justify that. So, uh, I, you know, I think the ceiling for Herbert is right where Patrick Mahomes is. And I think Patrick Mahomes, while he has been fantastic, we have a little bit more of a, a situational ambiguity, if that makes sense. So you've got an aging Travis Kelsey. You've got... Tyreek Hill out the door. You've got an influx of receivers, and the rumor is that that means that the offense is going to look different because, of course, it is. You can't just throw it to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey anymore. You just can't do it. So with the stability in the Chargers' weaponry and kind of what that looks like moving forward, now I know Keenan Allen's getting up there, um, but I think they do have a little more stability with Eckler and the running back situation and everything that's going on for the Chargers. I think that Herbert could eclipse Mahomes by next year. And I am always trying to rank, you know, a year before everyone else's. I'm trying to beat consensus. And so I did want to mention that. And then our consensus is still Patrick Mahomes QB2 because I think everyone else has it there. So, yeah. I mean, the top eight are pretty much uh, locked in. Um, obviously, people. Didn't see Watson last year. Um, he was top five, you know, going to the year we thought he would play. Um, and honestly, this is a lot of a, a, a emergence from Burrow, who was probably roughly like 9 to 13, 14 last year. He's up to five now after this Super Bowl run and then bringing in Jamar Chase and this being a really young core around him. And the same thing as Herbert last year. You know, we it's the young core around him and, the talent around him, it's all working out. Um, but Kyler and Deshaun dropping down. Um, Kyler for obviously some – basically all with some situations, those two. Um, Watson, I think, should be top five. But with the pending stuff as well and going into a new system, I think you have to fairly drop him a little bit. Um, and we've seen this system kind of – while it might increase touchdowns uh, for quarterbacks, it usually decreases yards and – Deshaun Watson, the last time he played, was like a 5,000-yard quarterback. I don't think we see that from the Browns this year. I do think he eclipses 4,000, but 
we have to adjust and see where it ends up. I, I'm not sure how much he runs, and we'll see. So that's why he's a little bit lower. Dak is just where he's going to be because for him, it's he keeps producing, the team keeps changing. You know, he bounced back from the injury, he played really well, but he's also an up and down guy as well. So, so is the entire Cowboys team, if we're being honest. So, uh, the top eight, well, I think it's right to be alongside consensus. I do think we get all the young guns out of the way, the stable young guns. Um, and then we get the stalwarts in here. We get the Rodgers, the Wilson, the Stafford, uh, the guys that have been carrying people's teams for the last few years and uh, possibly got them a title last year. And what the, the QB one or two on a team that they are absolutely in love of. I've been trying to get Aaron Rodgers in certain leagues for three years now. It's impossible. Even, even this year with the situation completely changing, you can't do it. Uh, same with Stafford and Wilson. It's just terrible. Once, once Stafford, once these guys moved, no one wanted to move them for a good reason. Um, yeah. And while they are much older than everyone else here, it's to some extent for like Rogers, it feels like you can add two of them. And it's the same age. It's ridiculous. Uh, which is obviously not true, but it feels like it at this point. Um, yeah. These guys are winning you titles. These guys can be your quarterback ones in a startup and win you titles. And um, I would be absolutely ecstatic if I could do a, a startup right now and have two of those three as my top two quarterbacks uh, moving forward. And then, yeah, you're looking down the line in four years that you have to knock down somebody. Who cares? <laughs> Trade your first after the startup for someone that you think sucks. It's first next year. Give them your third, too. I don't care. If you can get yeah. C.J. Stroud because of it, you've just won for the next decade. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <clears throat> so really quickly, I did want to jump back to the Burrow versus Kyler. Okay. So to me, my five, I – I am low on Kyler, and I still have him ahead of Burrow. I have Burrow sitting at QB nine right now um, in my rankings. I I think that Kyler's rushing ability it just will automatically put him above Burrow. Now, I I think you can make an argument that with Burrow's weapons, and I just talked about the stability of Justin Herberts and why I have him ranked higher. I think to me that puts Burrow up a little higher because I think. With Burrow, you're looking at a volume-based thing, and if one or two of his weapons go down or his offensive line doesn't play well and he still keeps taking a zillion sacks a year, I think he could be a little more volatile than even Kyler Murray, who I just talked about as a volatile piece uh, in, in terms of his NFL quarterbacking. But the thing is, it didn't matter because for fantasy, he's using his little legs and he's running a little bit. So... Um, for me, the major difference, and I have Burrow at four, um, the okay. major difference is Burrow's team consistently is getting better each year. Kyler's isn't. Uh, did they massively improve when they got Hopkins? Yes. Do we think their selections this year really improved? I think bringing in Hollywood Brown and um, – Trey McBride. McBride. Uh, yeah. And bringing back Ertz is, is good for this team for now and for the future. Uh, but I still think the Bengals have done more to help Burrow's future. Um, I do think Burrow's also older, <laughs> uh, if not the yes. same age. So yeah. um, I think he's just a little bit more ahead right now as a complete quarterback. He's consistently dropping 400 yards game after game and multiple touchdowns. Thanks to his elite talent at wide receiver. 
um, and a good pass catching running back as well. So I have him slightly ahead. I actually have Kyler at seven. I have Lamar and Deshaun ahead of him just for more consistent play when they've played on the field uh, yeah. for some of those guys. And actually, I think me and you probably surprisingly don't see Fields on this top 12 list because I'm sure both of us have him in the top 12 and he did not make it. So firmly, firmly. I, I have him at 10 uh, Fields yeah. just for, you know, safekeeping. I actually have Jalen Hurts at 15, uh, mainly because of what we already talked about. He's not stable as of yet in his contract situation in the future is a little bit more fluid, whereas Fields is not stable as of yet in his team. Uh, he is stable, <laughs> um, yeah. at least for the immediate future. And even if worst case scenario, he demands out of Chicago, I think we all, uh, besides Bears fans, might even rejoice. Um, but I do think they can turn it around there and get some more weapons around him. But yeah, so we have the stalwarts there and then Hurts at 12. Yeah, I was going to say, so with regard to Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford specifically, we're six spots higher on Aaron Rodgers and we are three spots higher on Matthew Stafford. So we do value, you know, if I'm looking at my winning window, I said for like quarterbacks, how I rank them, it's four to five years is kind of what I'm looking at. But I'm looking at a winning window of two to three years. Do I think that I'm going to get two to three years out of Aaron Rodgers right now? Hell yeah, I do. I even built that in. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, I think I think two is I can confidently say I'm getting two years out of Aaron Rodgers with elite play still because he has shown that I mean he's he just won back to back MVPs. I don't think his play is slowing down at any time in the next few years. The Rodgers situation reminds me very much so of what we did with Brady when he had that one down year in New England and then he bounced back and has never looked back. He's been a QB one every freaking year since. I yep. think that we're going to be looking at that same situation, except Rogers started, you know, five years before, and he had his bad year two years ago where he was QB 19 down the stretch. And then he's never <clears throat> looked back. And so <clears throat> I actually have him ranked QB 11, um, despite being 38 years old and by far the oldest quarterback I have in my top 20 by a lot. So, yeah, I, I have him at 12. Um, I think those three, as long as they're playing, I think they're pretty much locked in to be in this eight to like 14 range for your quarterbacks. Um, just because they they play at elite teams, they are the elite quarterbacks and they are absolutely killing it. Yes, they are older, uh, but older does not mean dead. I mean, even was the last guy to leave, even Breeze was still a relevant quarterback every week when he played. You know, even the guys that are so old that they shouldn't be on the field uh, are still dominating. So to, to act like these top-end Hall of Fame talents would not also be that way, uh, even though they continually show us that, uh, it'd be a detriment to your future of your team. Yeah. So what I would say is I'm glad that we have Aaron Rodgers in our top 12 because we are on the right side of history, I would guess. Uh, and then, like you said, so let's get into 13 through 24. So these are going to be our QB2s, guys that you know, just below the tier. And obviously we feel different ways than some of our consensus even, but 13, Justin Fields, 14, Derek Carr, 15, Trey Lance, 16, Trevor Lawrence, 17, Zach Wilson, 18, Tua Tungavailoa, 19, Tom Brady, 20, Kirk Cousins, 21, Mac Jones, 22, Ryan Tannehill, 23, Davis Mills, and 24, Carson Wentz. 
the main thing that I take from this is that there are six quarterbacks from the 2021 NFL draft class that fall inside our QB two range. Uh, <laughs> Justin Fields. I didn't say where I have him. I have him up at QB six. I think that he's going to be a fantasy superstar. I think Trey Lance is right there behind him. I have Trey Lance at QB 10 personally, but obviously that's why we do consensus. They even out my shitty takes and my, my craziness. But uh, what are your thoughts looking at this list, Randy? Um, I think it's appropriate. We have, like you said, this enormous influx of young quarterback talent that we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, obviously, there's some that has already elevated to the next level that we just saw on the last list, but Fields has the talent to get there and the weapons necessarily, pretty much two of them, uh, and a good running back. Um, Lawrence, I think, has the chance to get there this year. Um, we just got to see some more development. We saw a lot of bad habits from him last year um, just because of that whole situation. I do not blame Trevor Lawrence in the slightest for that. Uh, Trey Lance, we haven't seen enough, but there's still so much hype with the running game with him that he's stuck up here. Uh, Wilson, we he's got to prove it. Same with Tua this year. They gave him all the weapons. But we have, you know, again, another batch of these old guns. Derek Carr, last year, probably people would have him at like 20. Uh, he rightfully would be around like 15, 16, and this year he's up to 14 with the influx of possibly the best receiver in football and Devontae Adams. He's got all the weapons he's ever could have asked for, uh, <laughs> and the line is still not great. Let's not mix that up, but um, Carr has done better with you know worse, I would say, and now he's got better weapons and uh, Adams, uh, basically every target he has does an exceptional job as well of getting open quickly when needed to. So I, I do not see a lot of um, a lot of issues there as long as there isn't that extra step of hesitancy from Carr, which we've seen over the past. So as long as he continues to do that, I think he deserves to be there. Um, and then like Brady, yeah, is he probably going to be QB1 this year? Fucking probably. Um, yeah. but he's so old and this is, I would say pretty much guaranteed as last year. Um, he didn't want to do the farewell tour, uh, but then his mind and body said, what are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, he's back out here. It, I would say it's an absolute dead stop max of two years for Brady. So he is rightfully down here in the middle back end of the QB twos, just because while we do think he's probably a QB one or just under it this year. Um, you can't guarantee he's there next year. So it's it's a little bit of a one-year rental. That's why not a lot of teams are going to be trading for or trading away Brady uh, when you're looking at your leagues because at this point you've been gifted another year of Brady and you're just full sending it. Uh, Cousins, he's extended for two years, so this is rightfully where he is, and he's going to be finishing closer to QB1 than this, but he's also older and on less stable ground. Um, Tannehill has been good. Tannehill and Wentz have been good in the past, but are on incredibly shaky ground with rookie quarterbacks that could win the job, not necessarily this year, but in the future. Um, and then Mac Jones and Davis Mills, while they did play well last year at times, uh, I obviously think Mac Jones is a little bit more set in his position than Davis Mills, but when you're talking to or listening from people from the Texans, that is not the case. <laughs> they absolutely love old long neck and uh, I, we loved him coming out, uh, you know, maybe not even to this extent. Like, I, I don't think we necessarily thought he would even get this successful, at least this early on. But we thought this would maybe be more of his ceiling 
you know, like down the road, but he's hit the ground running and can he keep the job? You know, probably not only for the fact that this is probably a bad team. And if I'm the Texans and I'm sitting there and it's, do I want CJ Stroud or Davis Mills or do I want Will Anderson? Like that's literally the question you have to ask then. And that's if they're one, you know, they might not be one. Davis Mills could do enough, but they're not one. So I think he's earned his spot as a QB two here. Um, just from that simple regard of the team believes in him. Yes. Yeah. I, I was shocked to see Davis Mills fall that high. I think, you know, I have him as my QB 22. I do think in, I I consume a lot of football content and I try to listen to beat reporters a lot. And like you said, the Texans believe in this kid. And while I couldn't have projected this even, it was a kid that we loved and the the tools were there. the, The accuracy and the ball placement was there. And then we saw it when he was a rookie, when he was never expected to play. And that is kind of, you look at someone like Kirk Cousins and you say, can Davis Mills have that career right there? And I say, absolutely. I actually think Davis Mills has equal or better arm talent than Kirk Cousins. And so I do think that that question that you asked, CJ Stroud or Will Anderson, I think the Texans are a team that would say, yeah, we're going to take Will Anderson and we're going to keep rolling with Davis Mills. So it's possible. But there could be more turnover from that team again next year. And then if you're also the number one pick uh, with Davis Mills under center, it kind of then breeds more questions. So, honestly, when we do our actual record prediction, maybe this could be – maybe we will even adjust rankings, probably not. But um, maybe that plays into our thinking then of maybe the stable ground or the future for some of these quarterbacks. Um, Yeah. I would I would say Davis Mills has a more stable ground than, uh, I mean, Tannehill even. Tannehill and Wentz for sure. Winston, yeah. Daniel Jones for sure. Golf for sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's close enough to right now Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Yeah. Uh, it's it's close enough, but they have much better teams. Is the problem for him? Uh, you know, I I still believe that the Texans. If Davis Mills is legit, he they're going to win some games. That's the the bottom line. And like they, you said, if they're bad enough to get the number one overall pick, they'll probably take a quarterback. But it's worth noting that Davis Mills could go out and have a QB one season this year. I think that that is within his range of outcomes. Yeah. They, he's got he's got some weapons, man. Garbage he's got Mechie. Right. Well, and and so Cooks and Mechie are going to be getting open. Mechie obviously is not going to play right away, I don't think, with his knee injury. But then you've also got Nico Collins. You've got Brevin Jordan, who had a late season surge. I, I think that. Thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> <know>. right. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that there is a world where he does finish that way. I would not project it that way. I did want to mention, no, too. Before we, I find it interesting that Tua gets a bump in weapons. And I say I find it interesting, and I have it ranked this way. Uh, I have Trey Lance, then Zach Wilson, then Trevor Lawrence, then Tua. Not in exact order. I have Trey Lance QB 10. I have Zach Wilson QB 13. I have Trevor Lawrence QB 17. And I have um, 
Tua QB 18. So I haven't ranked this way, but I do find it interesting that Tua gets a bump, a better coaching staff. He gets a better offense. He gets Tyreek Hill. He gets a healthy Jalen Waddle all year. Does he have a better coaching staff? I think so. I mean, I in terms of who's your head coach? Mike McDaniel's. Would I rather have from the 49ers? Would I rather have Robert Sala or Mike McDaniels? No, 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 no. Not, I mean, Tua has a better coaching staff from what he just had. Brian Flores did not believe in him. Ah, uh, well, yeah. Brian Flores, I think, is a better coach, but yeah, he didn't believe I him. agree. I agree. He's a much, much better coach, but the belief system is important, especially for young kids um, like Tua. And then we we would put the sophomore quarterbacks over the third-year quarterback in Tua based on, I think, what we've seen. And this is more like yes. what's in the box could be a boat type of deal with uh, Wilson <laughs> and Lawrence uh, and Lance to some extent, I guess. This is definitely Lance. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the difference for me, and I, I do have it, Lance, Lawrence, Wilson, to uh, literally four in a row. Um, Lance, it's a little bit of what's in the box. Um, we just got to see it. And what we've seen from Trey Lance, while – reports uh, from OZAs and stuff and voluntary workouts is definitely different. What we've seen actually on the field during the season is every time he stepped on the field, he's gotten better. And that's the type of players I will always get behind in fantasy because I mean, that's, that's what stars do. <laughs> they work hard. They get better every time they step on the field. Um, Lawrence is the most talented of that section, uh, but possibly in the worst situation. So he has to stay lower. Um, why I have Wilson ahead of Tua, why I have all of them ahead of Tua. I love Tua. Um, he's the only one that's been injured. He's the only one. He's on the shortest leash as well. Wilson, Wilson missed, I think, three games last year. But still, I, I mean, it's not. He's the only Tua one that's had a major injury. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll rephrase. <laughs> Listen here, Johnny Depp's lawyer. Um, but two two has had a major inch, fuck, <laughs> major injury, <laughs> and uh, he's on a short leash. And we we already see the fan base rejecting Tua from this team makeup. But I think this is exactly what they want from Tua is to be quick and efficient and electric, and then hit the deep ball, which we know Tua can hit. He's not fucking yes. trying in a bucket hat and shirts. He's not yeah. trying to throw it seventy yards, guys. Well, not uh, only that. <laughs> Hey, I, we've talked he just, about that. He doesn't want to run 70 yards, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's Not practice. Only that. Well, and that's the thing. It's practice. He's never played with Tyree Kill. Do you know yeah. how hard it is to try to match up your deep ball timing with a guy that fast? It's impossible to do it on the first day. Like, I know they've been working yeah. before, but, like, it's going to take it's, some time. Chemistry takes time. It's crazy. It's hard to time a slant perfectly with somebody you've worked with all the time. Look at Baker and Odell. I mean, you know, yeah. I, they couldn't, they could never get it. They can never get the timing right. But no, all right. Could not. I, I had one more note here. So we talked about Lance and how it's what's in the box type of deal. For fantasy, it's not, though. If he steps on the field, he's a fantasy QB1 just based on the rushing alone, yeah. assuming that they use him in the way that they could. Trey Lance, he, he started two games last year, I believe, and he was a QB1 in both of those weeks. So it's important to note that. Yeah. But the ranking here does build in the fact that maybe he's not a real, a really good quarterback in the NFL. We believe well, he will listen, be, but listen, Hertz hasn't been a good actual quarterback, really, no. not consistently. But he's gotten it done on the ground, and he's a quarterback one. 
Um, Fields, yeah. without running a ton, was a quarterback one a lot of weeks last year when he played. That's why Fields is higher. <laughs> yeah, because we've seen sure. it and we know we can still run. Uh, all we've seen from the other two is really running, so that's why they're a little bit lower um, for me. I, I mean, I do have Hurts ahead of Fields, I believe. No, I don't. No, I don't. I have Hurts below Fields. So, um, which is correct. Justin yeah. Fields over Jalen Hurts in Dynasty. Uh, we, but we are we are higher on Derek Carr. We are much lower than consensus on Lance and Lawrence. We are higher on Brady. Um, and we're higher on Wentz than consensus by considerable margin as well, which is kind of hilarious because he's the actual fucking starter. And he yeah. had a couple quarterback one weeks last year. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it's not because of me. I am outside my top 32. So uh, I am, I'm a big hater. All right, let's get to 25 through 36 really quickly before we get out of here. Uh, we'll just run through these and just quick notes. 25, Matt Ryan. 26, Jameis Winston. 27, Kenny Pickett. We'll talk about that. 28, Baker Mayfield. 29, Jimmy Garoppolo. 30, Jared Goff. 31, Daniel Jones. 32, Desmond Ritter. 33, Drew Locke. 34, Malik Willis. 35, Mitch Trubisky. 36, Sam Darnold. The ones especially that we are lower or higher on. Kenny Pickett. We are five spots lower than consensus. Uh, that's just a, a lack of belief in the talent. And you'll notice that we are also higher on Trubisky, even if it's only by one spot. Uh, I believe that Trubisky is going to go out and win that job, uh, at least for the first few weeks of the season, because I think he's the better quarterback by mm, a small margin, I guess. I guess I'll say a small that's, margin. but Yeah, yeah. I think they're very close right now. Uh, but that's part of why we're lower on Pickett. We don't know if he is going to win it this year. Um, we're higher on the trade bait guys and Baker and Jimmy G um, just because both have significant upside once they're moved. Uh, yes. But because they're in the holding pattern, I understand why they're lower. Yeah. Yeah. And then just moving on. So Daniel Jones, we're, we're a couple spots lower, but consensus is really low on Daniel Jones. He doesn't have uh, really any stability. And this is kind of, you know, Daniel Jones hasn't even shown what Baker had, and we saw what just happened to Baker. And yeah. the 2023 quarterback class has a couple of studs and maybe a couple more than a couple. So, um, yeah. so I don't think the Giants will be moving forward with Daniel Jones. Could be wrong, but that's why I ranked him down even lower than this, I believe. And then I did want to mention we are eight spots lower than consensus on Malik Willis. Malik Willis should not be in your top 32 quarterbacks. He was drafted in the third round. And while he does have fantasy upside and I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I have Desmond Ritter inside my top 32, but the reason for that is Tannehill versus Mariota. We've already done that. Uh, we've already done that, that dance and Tannehill won that dance. I think Ritter can win that job from Mariota and then we'll see him have value for a year. Whereas Malik Willis cannot beat out Ryan Tannehill. It's just not no. not good enough right now. He can just beat out Ryan Tannehill's money. That's in year that's two. His path. Yeah, that's his path to the field is being the cheap option. Yeah. Um, and because he's not ready. And we we were verbatim on that through the draft process. While there is talent and there is upside, we will never deny that from Malik Willis. Uh he is not ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um it, maybe he kills it in these trainings and everything, and he gets there, I will definitely not count that out because he seems to be one of the harder workers as well. So we'll see what happens. But 
this is a guy that's not going to touch the field this year, in my opinion. Uh, so to have him over guys that are at least guaranteed to compete for the spot, I think is a little bit silly. It's yeah. It's uh, silly is a word for it. I just, you know, if, if you're getting advice that Malik Willis is almost a back end QB two, I'm sorry. I think you got to get some different advice. Maybe I, <laughs> I feel like that's not a good process, but um Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Malik Willis is a star. And for fantasy, if he does get that opportunity, he will be. He will be a, a back-end one. Yeah, yeah. back-end one, high two, just from rushing alone because he is a dynamic ball carrier. Um, yeah, I think that's why. That, I, I mean, yeah. I think Hertz is more advanced as a passer coming out, um, and that says a lot because Hertz yeah. has worked very hard to get to the point where he's at now, and he's still and, not yeah. necessarily – you know, to an NFL top quarterback uh, competent, you know, obviously he's much better than I would ever be. So respect there. But, um, <laughs> right. you know, like he it, it compared to Brady and all these guys, he's nowhere near, you know, even on the table, <laughs> uh, at least yet. But he's, again, another guy that keeps getting better. So if Willis can continue this trajectory, um, I, I think he can, you know, get to the, the QB two discussion possibly next year, but we're going to have to see a lot, you know, <laughs> and yeah. let's be honest, Tannehill had a down year. The two years before he was a quarterback one. So yeah. this isn't, and, a, and, this isn't an inevitability player. that Willis wins this job in next year. You know, Tannehill can do enough. I mean, he's led them to a playoff team and the one seed. He's clearly doing enough. <laughs> He, he's a good quarterback that did have a down year, and part, part of that was A.J. Brown and Julio Jones not being on the field. And now they've and got Derek Traylon Henry Burks. going down as well. Yeah, and and now they've got Traylon Burks, Robert Woods when he is back from injury, and a healthy Derrick Henry, and they put a back behind Henry that makes more sense than what they were trying to do last year. So And it's, I, I don't want to discredit this, but like the best years of Tannehill's career so far has been with Johnny Smith and some electric tight end play. And they went away from that last year and didn't value it as much. One for the more star studded receiving core didn't work out because of injury, but um, they didn't really fix that necessarily. But I do they, think that they drafted Oconquo and he yes, could be that. He, he that's be definitely that. the mold. Um, yeah. But I think just a little bit better health from the receivers and Henry, and we could be forgetting all the Malik Willis talk for the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Last note before we leave, we are five spots higher on Drew Locke. This doesn't make sense to me. I know there are Seattle quarterback trade rumors, but everything that comes out of the mouths of the Seattle front office is that they don't want – they're always looking to add to the quarterback room, but they do believe in Drew Locke. So I, I think with the chance of Drew Locke starting even six games this year – you have to rank him inside your top 36 at, at the very least yeah. because he's going to return value. You may be able to flip him. And that's really all Drew Locke is at this point, which is unfortunate because we are both Drew Locke believers. I think maybe he could have a, a decent year now that he's got a staff that does believe in him. But, uh, we'll you know, see. we're talking about belief a lot. And it, it does matter, though. You know, if if your coaching staff doesn't believe in you, they're not going to put you in positions to succeed. And I think that was the case with Drew Locke. So I'm excited to see him play. So. Oh, I can think it was Ted Lasso now. So thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go watch that. Yeah. Tonight, so. <laughs> Smart. Um, uh, all right. Uh, lastly, 
yeah, I was gonna say lastly, outside of these guys, um guys of note, I would say we have Sam Howlett 44. I think that's a, a good price for him right now as a guy that could take over that job. Uh most likely next year. I, I do think there's a small outside chance that he could this year, but let's uh, Marcus Mariota at 37, who is penciled in as a starter. Matt Corral at 38, who we're minus five on. So people have him in the top 36 because he does have a chance to start over Darnold. So people have him over Darnold for the most part. Um, I, and then the last one I would say is Jordan Love, all at 46. The the drastic fall of everyone's uh, love of Jordan Love assuming that Rodgers would be gone and he would take over. Now he's all the way down at 46 behind Gardner Menchie for us. Uh, so um, the fact that Mason Rudolph is still on this list is atrocious. He was 49, but still. Yeah, he's, he's way down there. But I did want to mention with Corral, someone told me that it was a hot take that I said that Corral's ceiling is somewhere where Darnold has already been. And I truly – like I liked Corral as a prospect, but he – had problems and he cannot f- do a full field read at this point. They simplified everything. If you're struggling with Darnold, who actually that was kind of his problem coming out too, is that they simplified a lot and he had half field reads and you look at Corral and you say, well, he can be better based on what Darnold was the better prospect. He was drafted higher. He has had four years in the NFL now. And so I think that the chances of Matt Corral going out and beating Sam Darnold are slimmer than the chances of Desmond Ritter beating out Marcus Mariota. And that's why I have it ranked that way. So yeah, by far, but it seems as though that's not how consensus. Oh, it is kind of how consensus has it. They're about the same area. So yeah, it is what it is, but yeah, I rookie fever is there. Don't be overdrafting these rookie quarterbacks. The 2023 class is better. You may as well just pick a skill position. If you're in a startup, Um, if you're looking at like corral and, uh, Malik and, and things like that. I mean, if you have taxi squad and the, and, uh, the startup, yeah. I, I think grabbing guys like Corral and um, Willis and Hal are, are great uses of the taxi squad spots, better than the wide receiver four or five on a team or running back three on a team, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Um, That's just not where they're going in drafts, though, man. Like it's Yeah, it all depends on the value, obviously. But right. quarterbacks will always be have the greater chance to bring the most value. You know, you're going to have a greater success at drafting a quarterback that went in the third round of your rookie draft and be able to flip him for early second, late first, than you will a running back in that level. You know, yeah, it's just how it is. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Anything else to note before we get out of here? Uh, Besides my ever-changing seating area um no and it's gonna yeah. keep changing so um <laughs> yeah, right. uh yeah it's, it's insane <laughs> yeah um okay well if if we're just gonna talk about your seating area i think that might be <laughs> yeah i don't want to call it. uh it's fine. our our marvel talk segment this week is just go watch the thor trailer because it looks fantastic we uh it just dropped right before we went live yeah, it drops. I didn't even know it dropped because it dropped so recently. So maybe next week we'll go over that quickly if we can uh, get yeah. through the rankings for running backs a bit quicker. Yeah. Also, Randy's not a Star Wars fan, but uh, Obi Wan comes out this week. So don't hate Star Wars. Just literally never watched it. And yeah. there's so many I, that I, it's, it's a daunting I was, task. 
It sure is. It sure is. But all right, um, that'll do it. Next week, we're going to be talking about running backs, I believe. We're just going to keep going through the positions, yep. and then our, our content for the summer will will follow. So uh, we, we will be pretty consistent, I think, through the next few months um, as yeah. we get into the 2022 NFL season. It's right around the corner at this point. doesn't feel like it, but it kind of is. So um, all right, man, anything to add before we bounce? No. All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next Monday. Later.